Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on May 3rd, 2021 in South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features analysis from all the political news of last week with Jamie Lovegrove of The Post and Courier. We look at Asian American Pacific Islander hate and harassment in a piece by Scott Morgan. We got news for you about Boeing's first quarter and how the 787 Dreamliner program is doing. In DHEX, Dr. Jane Kelly dives into some recent research on herd immunity in the state and where she thinks we really are. Additionally, we want to hear your stories, so we set up a voicemail box to hear from you all about your daily life in these uncertain times. Leave us a one to three minute long voicemail at 803-563-7169. You can leave your name, where you're calling from, and what's going on in your world. And you don't even have to mention Fast and Furious. Like, no one's even asking for that. <laughs> I'm not. But if you're watching, let us know. Let us know what you're up to, what you're doing. Uh, any recommendations or how you're enjoying spring? Happy May, folks. 803-563-7169. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is ongoing, widespread, and not contained, according to data from the Department of Health and Environmental Control. There have been 8,383 confirmed deaths, and currently there are 483,317 confirmed cases being reported in all 46 counties as of May 3rd at 4 p.m. Our percent positive rate is 4.3%. Currently, there are 409 patients hospitalized with COVID-19. 105 patients are in intensive care, and 55 are on ventilators. Currently, 2.9 million doses of the vaccine have been administered in the state. 42% of the population has received at least one dose, and 32% have been fully vaccinated. Remember how newsy last week was? Joe Cunningham announcing his gubernatorial bid, Senator Tim Scott giving the Republican Party response to President Joe Biden's speech before Congress, and more? Well, I gave you a lot of sound and a lot of details and just, you know, the the bare-bones fact reporting of what happened last week with all those big events we saw. So, to get some more analysis, I'm turning to a good old friend of the pod, Mr. Jamie Lovegrove of The Post and Courier. He was on my show this week in South Carolina just talking about how all this fits in the greater scheme of politics in South Carolina. And we started off by discussing Cunningham, the former first congressional district representative. There's no question either Governor McMaster or whoever wins the Republican primary, quite frankly, if there is one, will be the strong favorite uh, heading into this, especially after we saw last year, you know, a Democrat Jamie Harrison raise $130 million and still lose uh, by 10 points to uh, Republican Senator Lindsey Graham. Uh, so this is definitely going to be a battle. You know, part of it is going to be uh, replicating one thing that Jamie Harrison did, which is raise a lot of money. Uh, you know, there are are folks, uh, including Governor Master's campaign, who will say, you know, if you look at what happened to Jamie Harrison, that's proof that, you know, money doesn't matter. Uh, you know, no matter how much you raise, you can't overcome uh, the the Republican advantages, the built-in Republican advantages in a conservative state like South Carolina. But, you know, the fact of the matter is that uh, it, it is difficult with money. It is impossible without money. Uh, so he needs to be raising a lot, and he already has been raising a lot. He announced 
Yesterday, he told his campaign told the Post and Courier that he had raised uh, $400,000 in the first 48 hours of his campaign. That's more than Governor McMaster raised in the first three months of 2021. So in two days, he was able to raise what more than Governor McMaster raised in three months. I mean, Congressman Clyburn told us there are at least two others that have told him they are they are planning to run or are looking at running. You know, we've heard a number of names over the last several months of, of folks mostly speculative of, of who we think might run. Uh, state Senator Mia McLeod is often uh, talked about. Former state representative Mandy Powers Norell, who was James Smith's running mate in the 2018 uh, governor race. State Representative Justin Bamberg, some folks talk about sometimes. Um, so, you know, I'd imagine there are several folks still looking at it. But yeah, I would think that that seeing someone raise $400,000 would be a little intimidating if you're going to try and get into a primary with them. And Joe Cunningham has, you know, uh, is better known than any member of the state house. There's no question about that. You know, there are quite a few state lawmakers, I think, who, who you know, look in the mirror every day and see a governor uh, and yes. and are excited about that prospect. Um, but the fact of the matter is that Joe Cunningham won a, a nationally watched congressional race in 2018, stunned a lot of political observers and, and, and you know, had a really meteoric political rise at that point. He's far better known than any of those folks. Um, so it will be an uphill climb for them against him, I imagine. He will be the favorite no matter who else gets into this race at this point. But, you know, there are some there are some, you know, pretty politically smart folks in the state house, um, and they could give him uh, a run for his money. Quite literally, they could make him spend some of that money that he's already been raising. I want to switch gears to uh, Senator Tim Scott, who gave the response, the Republican response to President Joe Biden's speech to Congress. This always is a, a tough gig for a lot of speakers because it can go either way. We saw Nikki Haley uh, navigate it in 2016. Now it's Tim Scott's turn. Uh, what was his message? We didn't really hear too many policy issues, uh, a little bit more combative. W what did you take away from his speech, Jamie? Tim Scott is a very reliable speaker for the Republicans. He is a, a team player. He has sort of the, a not in a disparaging way, the talking points down. Like he, he is very, he sticks to the script. Um, and he, uh, you know, also has a very compelling personal story of, of growing up in poverty, son of a single mother uh, in, in North Charleston and, you know, rising to be, uh, you know, in, in his words, sort of the, the classic example of the American dream. Uh, and of course, you know, he is really, really critical for Republicans to expand their electorate. Uh, to build a more diverse party. He is still the only uh, black Republican in the Senate, one of only two ever elected since Reconstruction. And so, you know, he had uh, both sort of optimistic message in some ways, um, but also really hammering Biden uh, and going after him. Uh, you know, I'd say his messaging on schools um, and, and reopening schools may resonate with a lot of folks. We're seeing some movement on that in South Carolina right now. But, you know, combining those classic Republican talking points with a compelling personal story is really the, the reason why Republicans want to put him front and center and, and you know, continue to, to discuss the potential of him uh, maybe seeking higher office himself uh, in the future. Always great to hear from Jamie. Always a good time to talk with him. Be sure to read his stories in the Post and Courier and follow him on Twitter. OK, let's reset really quickly. South Carolina Public Radio's Scott Morgan has this important report on the rising harassment that Asian American Pacific Islanders face. 
The odds are pretty good that you've seen a really recent video clip of someone violently assaulting an Asian person on a U.S. street. So far, that kind of thing hasn't happened here in South Carolina. But you know what has? It was just a stranger. He was just, we were taking the same bus. He just like came up to me and he was like, hey, like, I know you. And I'm like, no, you don't. And then he was like, yeah, I know your name. And I'm like, oh, here it goes. You can already tell. Um, and then he was like, your name's Chinese Buffet. Sagan Katinov isn't Chinese, for the record. She's Mongolian. Not that that's the most salient point of her story. That would, of course, be the insanely rude and racist garbage that she says just tickled this drunken stranger on a bus in Clemson to no end. It's the kind of incident she says American people of Asian descent get from bigots who think they're charming, but really who succeed only in making people feel like they don't even belong where they're from. And you know what doubly galls her? The stranger probably, you know, he probably already forgot about it the next morning, but this will obviously last with me forever. Such is the nature of these throwaway comments and didn't mean anything by it jokes. And for some Asian Americans, stuff like this is so interwoven into their lives that they start wondering, Does everyone feel like this? They're just not saying it because they're sober. Kenneth Sloan is a fellow Asian American schoolmate of Katinov's at Clemson. He says that Asian Americans often internalize their reactions to incidents like the one on the bus because those comments and bad jokes fall into a troublesome gray area. They see it as something that's a joke, but that's verbal violence. But you know, there's, there's nothing you can say back that will like get them back for, you know, the deep, pain that, you know, they cause you in saying that. Friend and classmate Aparnama Hendrenith says microaggressions like funny looks or stupid comments are a step better than physical assault, but not a big step. The potential for something violent to happen always exists and we're kind of like enabling that to happen as the days go by and a lack of punishment has been taken against these people who constantly do the same things over and over again. The problem, she says, is that trying to report a stray comment to the police or any other authority doesn't really get very far. It ends up being like a he said, she said sort of situation where really like what can you do? Hearing you out is obviously going to be there, but them actually taking action to make sure it doesn't happen again, I don't really know how you can ensure that to happen. Katinov, Sloan, and Mahendranath all say the racism they experience as young adults is subtle. Stray looks here, assumptions about culture and temperament there, and they know that changing adult minds is not easy. But they also know that this stuff doesn't start when people turn 18. No child just comes out inherently racist, but you know, when they see someone who doesn't look like them, they automatically assume, oh, they're different, they're weird, they're this, they're that. And I think that is the underlying problem because it starts so young. All three say more awareness of Asian cultures would be a good step, particularly in history class. I remember several cycles of learning ancient history, which is very like, Eurocentric, and then U.S. history, and South Carolina history, and then you repeat the cycle all over again. I feel like we did that three times. Sloan says a semester-long or year-long course on racism itself would be a great help, something that could cover the struggles and the heroes of the various cultures that make up American history. In the meantime, Kutinov says that institutions like universities and other public enterprises need to speak out on the kinds of bigotry Asian Americans face, and they need to speak plainly. Don't call it, you know, bias, it's racism. Don't sugarcoat it for people. Don't, don't worry about people's feelings. You have to call it like it is, because if you don't, then we can never fix the problem if we never actually explicitly say what the problem is. She says that allies who are not of Asian heritage can go a long way towards getting the point across that those little jokes and comments can lead to a lot more damage than you would think. Long story short, folks, treat each other the way you'd like to be treated. It's that simple. Golden rule. 
And with Sunny Die on the horizon, let's give you a little update about what we can expect this week, six more days until the last day of session. In the Senate, we'll be watching movement on those two bills dealing with curbside alcohol and retail alcohol delivery. I kind of forgot about those bills, but then I saw them pop up, so we'll see where they go. Uh, Also, a Senate bill similar to two others that the House Judiciary Committee has nixed to ban transgender girls from participating in middle and high school sports will have a Senate Judiciary Subcommittee hearing Thursday, whereas the full Judiciary Committee meets Tuesday. As of our taping, there wasn't an agenda posted, so can't tell you all the details to expect in that meeting. And the Senate will be debating the open carry with training bill on the Senate floor while the House works through its calendar. Plenty of news. Just stay tuned. We got some Fortune 500 news for you here, folks. Top 50 Fortune 500 news. Talking Boeing. Let me get a little coin, little little coin sound, please. Ding, 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 ding. Not the best news, though. Uh, maybe I should have read this before I asked for the good news sounds. Because last week Boeing announced that its 2021 first quarter results marked their sixth quarterly loss due to weak global demand due to the pandemic and other production issues dogging the aerospace giant. However, the company sees this year as a turning point, despite it being a challenging one. Here's Greg Smith, Executive Vice President for Enterprise Operations and CFO. Our business environment remains dynamic. And while the commercial market recovery is gaining some traction and has been uneven, and the path ahead is far from certain, we will continue to diligently work opportunities and monitor risk factors, including vaccination pace and case rates, along with passenger traffic recovery and remaining 737 MAX regulatory approvals and U.S.-China relations. As we've discussed, even as our industry begins to recover, we anticipate 21 will be another challenging year. However, based on what we know today, we still expect revenue earnings and operating cash to improve from 2020. Commercial deliveries will continue to be the single biggest driver across all financial metrics. Revenue improvement from 2020 to 2021 will be driven mainly by higher 737 and 787 deliveries as we plan to unwind inventory and deliver from the production lines. The plane manufacturer reported a net loss of $561 million for the first three months of 2021 on revenue of $15.2 billion. That's 10% lower than last year, but slightly ahead of analyst estimates. Now, the commercial airplane segment reported first quarter revenue decreased by $4.3 billion. That was driven lower by 787 deliveries, and they were partially offset by higher 737 deliveries. Executives said that domestic travel continues to lead the recovery, and vaccine rates will continue to push demand back to 2019 levels, which the company expects will return in 2023 or 2024. With long-haul flight demand set to be the last segment to fully recover, the demand for wide-body aircraft like the 787 Dreamliner, which is exclusively built in North Charleston, remains sluggish. So the company resumed 787 deliveries in late March, following comprehensive reviews to ensure each airplane meets the company's high standards. Now, during the quarter, the 787 program consolidated final assembly to Boeing South Carolina and transitioned to the previously announced production rate of five aircraft per month. Here's CFO Greg Smith again. As we discussed, we resumed deliveries in March, 
We currently have approximately 100 787 airplanes in inventory. Based on what we know today, we still anticipate that we will deliver the majority of these airplanes during 2021. We are working with our customers to facilitate deliveries and continue to monitor the international long-haul recovery as we assess our delivery plans. As we've previously disclosed, the 787 program has near break-even gross margins due to previously announced reductions. We know Boeing is a major economic driver in our state and is a prime example of what we were talking about recently when it comes to the explosive growth of the $206 billion manufacturing sector in the Palmetto State. Even if you're not working at Boeing, manufacturing is still a big part of our economy, folks. Some 65% of South Carolina has some form of immunity to COVID-19, according to MUSC research, based on vaccination rates and current infection rates. Now, that's just one research-based estimate. And DHEC Assistant State Epidemiologist Dr. Jane Kelly dug further into this research during a press call on April 30th. Now, give this a listen as we continue to understand herd immunity, a term that Dr. Kelly isn't crazy about. I, in fact, have talked with Dr. Sweat, who was the lead modeler working on this project out of MUSC, just to understand a little bit more about um, the assumptions that go into the model of the, and the data that he used. And I think it was really interesting. This is a, you know, he is a very well experienced modeler for disease conditions, having spent time modeling other diseases around the world and some work for CDC. But all models have to make some assumptions. That's sort of a, you know, your estimate, your best uh, guess at something. And so, for example, he did use data, our data, on the number of cases and the number of people vaccinated. That's great. That's important. He also used data from published studies to talk about how long does immunity last after you've been vaccinated? How long does immunity last after you've had an infection? Now, of course, we don't have the end result of that. You know, every day there's more information coming about that as we have more time expands after people have either had the disease or been vaccinated. But one of the most important assumptions they made is of people who have been diagnosed, how many people are out there who got infected but never got tested? So we don't know about them. The CDC has estimated nationwide that it's about 4.6 people for every case that was diagnosed. I'm not confident that that applies directly to South Carolina. I mean, I think he has you know, worked very hard to make sure he brought in all the data pieces. But I think we can't really hang our hats on the 65% of people could have natural or vaccine immunity. I know we at DHEC, we look also at our vaccine dashboard where we know, and I'm sorry, I need to look, I wrote down the numbers earlier, that 41.7%, almost 42% of people in South Carolina have had at least one dose of vaccine and 31% are fully vaccinated. So probably the real level of immunity in South Carolina lies in between MUSC's estimate 
and our numbers with vaccine immunization, 31% fully vaccinated. Dr. Kelly said the MUSC research is encouraging, but that we're not done with the pandemic yet. So folks, she says, keep your masks on. They do work. And she's encouraging you to keep wearing them and hit back against common misinformation out there by noting that you cannot get COVID-19 from the vaccine. The vaccine does not alter your DNA or make you infertile. So these are just some myths that continue to float around out there, folks. If you hear them, know that they are not true. And please spread true information. Looking at you, Facebook. Dr. Kelly said DHEC is working to engage young people more and get them vaccinated since rates for that demographic remain so low. The agency is also working to reach underserved folks even by using direct mail. There has also been some encouraging news about vaccine rates with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine now that it's been more than a week since the pause was lifted. Here's Dr. Kelly. You know, as of early this afternoon, we had a total of 1,974 doses of Janssen vaccine administered you know, in uh, since the pause was lifted last Friday. So almost 2,000 doses in the past week. We have people who have been emailing, asking for information specifically, where can they get the Janssen vaccine? So I think there is still confidence in the Janssen vaccine and some individuals prefer one and done. Um, so we have not, maybe it's a little too early to tell, but we have not seen these utilization rates really go down. Dr. Kelly said while demand has waned, the big push now is to bring the vaccine to the people and meet them where they are to get them vaccinated. And just so you know, as we leave, our seven-day moving average for doses administered is around 16,638. Let's pump it up, folks. Welcome to our wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and want to hear your stories as well. Tell us how you're handling things, what you did this weekend, who you're hanging out with, what you're seeing, what you're shopping with, what you're buying. Who's going to win Top Chef still? We've got none from that. So Who's going to win Top Chef? I'm I watching. I'm not. I mean, AT's watching. I'm, I'm engaged. 803-563-7169. Give us a call. I think Shoda's going to win. Give, give us a call. <laughs> you didn't see me, but I... I, I did. I tucked my arm. I gave a thumbs up. He's given a, a call. Up. Yeah. Well, uh, we did get a call. Oh. Very dutiful call. There we go. This is a known. This is a known entity to the lead. Not. 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 It's not this man's first rodeo. Love okay. some rider dies. Yeah. This is uh, not first time. Long time. This is uh, long time. Um, many time. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I'll hang up and listen. Go ahead. Hello. This is Ben Davis. Just trying to keep the hopper from being completely empty here, but also sharing uh, some exciting news for myself personally, that I got my second dose of the Pfizer vaccine two weeks ago today. So I am uh, completely vaccinated at this point, very excited. I was very excited when I got that second shot. Uh, I've had so many close calls uh, where I had been exposed to somebody with COVID. Uh, there was one one day at work that I was in um, an office with somebody for 45 minutes having a meeting. And then like three hours later, he lost his taste. He went and got tested and yep, he had COVID. Um, there was another time there was this, this guy, he, he was, he, he needed some help. He was a kind of, kind of somebody who was a little bit of a, a drifter and, really felt compassionate for him and anyway he was he was at the gym and 
um, I saw him there and we talked a little bit and he was, he was kind of a little bit grumpy. Uh, as I talked to him, I didn't think too much of it. And then, uh, two days later, I saw him at the gym again and he asked me if I could drive him to CVS after, uh, after working out. And I said, sure. So I drove him over there and in the, in the drive over, he started telling me that he was sorry, that he was kind of grumpy, that he was just starting to get sick at that point and he has COVID and, and I'm sitting there thinking I'm, I'm in the, I'm in my car with somebody with COVID. And so I was like counting down the days until that incident had passed, uh, to see if I would get sick. I've had a couple of tests. They've all come back negative. And so when I got that shot, that second shot, I was just so thrilled. I couldn't believe I had made it through uh, a whole year um, of close uh, calls with COVID. Um, and I remember last May thinking, you know, it's probably going to be another three or four years before we get this vaccine, and we're probably all going to get it before this is all over. And I was just so grateful uh, to to finally get that final stick. Just a little bit of soreness, nothing much, no fever. Thank you guys for all your coverage. Really appreciate it and hope you have a great week. Ben Davis always coming in when we need it. Always oh. one of the hoppers in the situation. Very dutiful to the hopper. Just a you know, great example of him being such a good Samaritan out there. <laughs> uh, I mean, Lord, fully vaxxed. We're so happy you are because we need you and as many good people out there as fully vaccinated as possible, especially all these good deeds you're doing out there. Incredibly it's compassionate. almost a fault, you know. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> Somewhat. But <laughs> we, we, love that, we love that you made it through, Ben. So many other people did, too. So i uh, love to hear that from you. Real yeoman's work. Really good yes. job, Ben. Thank you for calling. I'm, I'm, I'm Glad to hear that you're stacking plates at the gym. Yeah, Love to hear it. I hear you. <laughs> Getting swole. Gavin's I mean, very yeah. swole. I can barely fit into my, you know, the problem was I couldn't fit in my suit pants. Now I can't even fit in like t-shirts anymore. I'm so yoked. He's so yoked, dude. <laughs> Boff. I mean, pure beef, American beef. Yeah, they tell me, oh, Gavin, you can't wear a tank top to work. Actually, I did wear a tank top to Holes yesterday, the other day. I felt really... You know me. I'm always I'm put together most you of the time. You are, yeah. You're so, not me. I it, it seemed more like I would wear the tank top yeah. to halls. Yeah. It was Saturday afternoon. It was a brunch. I was walking to my car. I thought I had time to go home and change before friends were there. Anyway, I was seated outside. I might as well have just been, you know. It turns out. I might as well just put hay on the ground next to me. You've spent too much time with me. Yes. Now. We, we've hung out too much for the, over the last few years. <laughs> well, it was a nice day on Saturday. I'm sure it was nice it was for everyone listening. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I'm going to get this tan going. I'm going to go walk three miles and. Yeah, it's good times. Worth it, worth it. But you had some adult good news for us. Oh, such adult adult good news. Uh, It it has been brought up here before (laughs) that uh, the Shire hive mind at our house. uh, Beep, 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 beep. Yes, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like dial-up internet. Um, But (laughs) uh, we came, my wife and I, at the same time, without speaking to each other, decided we need to rearrange the downstairs living room. And to do that, we were going to buy a new couch. Mm -hmm. And so... The Shires. Oh, did we ever order a couch last night? Baby? I feel like you guys like both turned back to back and like Bam. arms up and like winked at the camera. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly right. And we, you're like both like new couch and like you say it out loud at the same time. Yeah, 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 exactly right. It was like Wonder Twins. <laughs> um, and uh, 
So uh, we bought this couch, but we one of the one of the things that we wanted to do is we haven't we're old we're mm. we are elder millennials mm. anyway <laughs> yeah we are aging millennials so uh, we didn't want to buy a couch before we sat on one you know what I mean and that's a very old person thing but no you want to know what kind of couch you're getting exactly I don't want just, right like, up like well, this, but I also feel this. like that's an old person hang up right? because in the future that's the way it's gonna be I'm you're the same when buy I buy it. underwear <laughs> I gotta try them I gotta all try on. it all on right in Costco I don't want these. <laughs> <laughs> Take them back. <laughs> anyway, uh, so when we went to New Jersey, we were looking at West Elm. Uh, we, when we went to New Jersey, I knew that there was a West Elm by my oh, parents' house. Oh, she, right? she, yes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we're gonna do this, okay? We're not, we're not going halfsies on this. We're yeah. going, we're, we're going all the way. Very older millennial of you. Yeah. And so uh, we go to West Elm, and, and this is, we're all vaccinated. My dad goes, I know where it is. I'll drive you. And this is one of the first times that he's been out. Yeah. Because he was getting all his deliveries uh, or his groceries delivered and stuff like that. He wasn't eating out. So he's out. And he has not mastered um, not fogging his glasses up with his mask. Mm. And so we're walking into the West Elm. Full, I mean, full fog. He can't see a thing. And he walked uh, head first straight into a giant pane of glass. Dear God. <laughs> and it, the, his whole face above his mask was just plastered on the... <laughs> I, I, almost, I almost peed my pants laughing. I mean, it was so funny. You got what? so mad. My stepmother was like, Andy, do you, you have a concussion? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you read about it or you see it on like the the cartoons. You never see it in real life. He like Wile E. Coyote'd into this thing. It oh was, my God. It was really, really funny. But uh, so we found a nice couch. Yeah. And we got a great color. I was telling you about it earlier. Again. Yeah. What a color. It's called black indigo, if that is even a thing. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're being real adult. We're I being like real it. adult. I like it. Yes. <clears throat> um, I, I, I should probably just tell the folks that I'm not as energetic as I was in our last episode. No, no. Gavin was high energy. His <laughs> tea is bottoming out. He's got low tea right now. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, don't, I guess, you know, when you tape on Friday, Versus taping on Monday. More like fry, yeah. Yeah, you know fry-yay. what I mean? Uh, you know, you have a little bit more juice, a little more juice, you know? On Mondays, well, you, it's like. You put a lot of juice last yeah, week. I, I mean, expelled a lot of juice. I should probably just try and be more sedate so the folks don't have any, you know, you expectations. Just gotta, you just gotta, you just gotta measure your juice so you have equal <laughs> juice each day. Everyone knows that. I think that's the problem. Um, no, but we ran into you on the weekend. My friend Maya was in town. If you know Maya Prabhu, she used to work with me at the Post and Courier. She was here for a few, a few years, and she's been at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution for the past three years. If Atlanta politics has anything to do with your life, great follow on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, follow Maya. And she was in town. We were doing the bridge dinner on uh, Sunday. Which is dinner on a bridge. Which is just infrastructure awareness. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, this is what a bridge looks like. Uh, it was nice. Perfect. Uh, but we ran into you and Kayla on Saturday yes. at a little uh, beer garden, WeCo, in West Columbia. West is and best. I was walking. I was like, who, who is that? Who is I, that I saw your goon? shirt, and then I saw the hat, and I was like, oh, yeah, I know that is. I, I, was, I, felt, I felt like the Eye of Sauron was upon me, and I turned around, <laughs> and it was, it was Gavin's gaze well, I was, landing on my shoulder. I was trying to, like... <laughs> but uh, it was funny because we hang out often. All the time. But you and Kate, I've never really seen you guys... On a date, I guess that's what that would be called. Well, right? uh, she had to work at one of the craft and drafts, and then she unexpectedly got off. So yeah. if that's a date, then <laughs> she's yeah. the most romantic lady in the world. <laughs> so it's like, oh, am I crashing something? And then we all like hung out. And it was incredible. We got to run in the back. We got to ride in the back of a pickup truck. Yep, uh, we drove. Gavin rode in the back of my pickup truck, which is uh, with a Maya. Rite of passage in the South. Yes, it's you're, been so long since I've done that. You're officially South Carolinian. That's based. That's a yes. uh, baptism down here. I think. Yes. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, there you go. Good yes. for you. It was a one, a one, uh, a wonderful time. Yeah, to get barbecue too. So, yeah. I mean, it was incredibly check, southern. Check, just check, check, the check, yeah. check, check. Go off, King. And then uh, you know, <laughs> was on a bridge all day on Sunday. I was helping set up. In the morning, and then uh, that's why you 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 you, little, you I gave you, my energy to those people. The juice folks. was the juice is still on the bridge. Yes. is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> you had that. You actually you did have to show up at eight thirty in the morning to volunteer, which I overslept for. I'm not. And surprised. I mean, I was with you all the night and before. I, if you, and if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I volunteered because I shared about it. Because if you're volunteering, the only way people know you're volunteering is, is if, if you, you let share. them know yeah, you're volunteering. You <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm I just I'm just volunteering. Oh me? No, I can't. I've got to volunteer. Um, it's very selfless of me to share that I was yeah, volunteering. Good for you. You know what? But good you, know, for you. you just realize how much work goes into big events. You know, you you take it for granted. You show up. You're like, oh, thanks. Everything's here. Blah blah blah. But I'm talking about like straightening chairs so they have like these straight lines when you look down and Optics. it looks great. And like you know, you want the Optics. place settings right. Everything. All these little details. The chairs and the place settings. At one point, I got to drive a. Uh, gas-powered golf cart. Those those got some giddy-up. Talk so, about juice. I went from being just a low man to being a person with a golf cart. Yeah. So, I mean, it by next weekend, ex- who knows? I'm probably, that bridge. probably president of the... Oh. I, Someone tell Christy Hall over at DOT that it's my bridge now. You sound like a troll. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> three Billy Goats Gruff style. Three riddle, riddles of three. <laughs> Answered me these riddles three. Anyway, take it out, Gavin. That's enough, okay, I think. Okay, folks, give me your energy by giving us a voicemail. Help help me get back to full strength at 803-563-7169. And thanks again for listening. You can also leave us a review on iTunes. And you can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org as well. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. And in order for me to be a true energy vampire, oh, I need to be in the presence. You're of an energy vampire. I'm like uh, a toaster that's plugged into an outlet. I'm just always, just always cheap. drawing. <laughs> <laughs>